Welcome to the Minister's Friend podcast with pastor and author Dr. John Kimball. The Minister's Friend is a podcast helping pastors and other church workers navigate the challenges of leading the flock. John has been a church planter, a local church pastor, a seminary professor, and a denominational leader. He coaches and mentors pastors and missionaries around the world. Drawing on over 30 years of experience in local, regional, and national ministry, John and some of his colleagues provide practical guidance on the topics you request. We are so glad you've joined us. And now, here's our host, Pastor John. Thanks, Anna. And welcome again, everyone, to the Minister's Friend Podcast. You bless me with your faithfulness in our audience. Worship. It's to be a part of the personal culture of every Christ follower. Our love and devotion to our triune God is to erupt from the heart, not just on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., but throughout the day, every single day. In fact, our very lives are to be a continuous expression of worship. And yet, for many, the act of worship has become routine, um, unintentional, and, and, and systematized. Some congregations have a hard time engaging people in worship participation. People just don't seem to be encountering God as they should. But listen to this description from Revelation chapter 7. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Can you see it? Can you hear its thunderous report of heavenly praise? Do you yearn for it? Over the next several weeks, I'll be interviewing my friend, Father John Davis, of the Mission Abbey right here in my own town of Oviedo, Florida. John has served in many churches over the years, including Atlanta's 10,000-member Mount Perrin Church of God. He's a graduate of Reformed Theological Seminary, holding a Master of Divinity degree, has earned a diploma in Anglican Studies from Trinity Episcopal School of Ministry, and is an ordained Episcopal priest. John has earned a Ph.D. in theology from Graduate Theological Foundation, completing his doctoral residency in studies at the University of Oxford Summer Program in Theology. That Ph.D. is all about our topic, worship. John is an accomplished musician, a worship leader, a songwriter, with a strong desire to lead people into the presence of God. And while he comes from a liturgical church background, his experience covers the whole spectrum of styles and traditions. It's possible that John has taught me more about leading worship through our friendship than all my years in ministry and all the classes I've taken in seminary combined. First and foremost, he's a worshiper of Jesus. Here's the first segment of my interview 
with Father John Davis. Well, I'm here today with Father John Davis of the Abbey Mission here in Avito, Florida, and the two of us happen to be at our favorite coffee shop in our hometown doing this podcast today. Father John Davis, welcome to the Minister's Friend Podcast. Thank you, John. It's great to be here with you. I'm so glad that you're here, and uh, I just appreciate our friendship so much and and, uh, the experience that the Lord has given you, particularly on our topic today of making worship fresh. Uh, I've just uh, I've appreciated so much the things that you've uh, taught me over the the years of our friendship about worship, and so uh, I'm really looking forward to this time. Uh, just so the uh, the audience can get to know you a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about your background and and how worship became a passion for you? Sure, I was um, raised in the Episcopal Church, and uh, so I'm an Anglican. I use those words interchangeably these days. Um, some load them with uh, political stuff. For me, they're just uh, the same word. Uh, in many ways. So I um, come out of a liturgical background, but I also am a child of the kind of the renewal that happened in the church in the 70s. And uh, one of the first things that happened after I came to faith is I picked up a guitar and uh, started being a worship leader and uh, leading. This was in the 70s, uh, so I was doing folk masses, as mm-hmm. ima- imagine that. And um, But it was an introducing, you know, uh, contemporary Christian music, uh, choruses, scripture songs, those kinds of things in the early days. And then, um, you know, that just grew, and that has been a significant part of my uh, formation in Christ, uh, just the whole, around the whole idea of worship, and worship being, um, you know, sort of at the center of my uh, ministry in so many ways. I recorded written songs, I recorded music. Um, I ended up doing my PhD on, uh, with focusing on worship and liturgy. Uh, in terms of that, so it's uh, become an actual sort of practitioner passion as well as an academic and scholarly mm-hmm. pursuit as well mm-hmm. throughout my life. Wonderful. Um, you know, one of the things that we are finding in uh, the churches that I have worked with is um, worship has become, um, I don't want to use the word stale, but maybe that's a good word for it. It's, it's become so routine that people just kind of come in on Sunday morning and go on automatic pilot. And so the, the concern of this particular series of episodes, and the reason I wanted to talk with you is, uh, in your opinion, what are some of the most critical issues that churches are facing today when it comes to worship and, and keeping it fresh, keeping it alive, and, and worship on purpose? Right. I think that, um, you know, I've seen that trend a lot. Sometimes it, it feels like I'm at a concert. Uh, there's a performance uh, factor. Now, I, I really believe that music and worship and we're going to talk about worship as a, as a theological principle is much broader than just music. But um, as, we, as we think about it from what the experience of the church is on a Sunday morning somewhere, is that you know sometimes it can be very performance-oriented and very professional and very slick, almost with, with lights and smoke and fog mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I think the thing is that the real issue of worship is uh, engaging people in the worship of Almighty God. Uh, You know, really worship isn't about my preferences. Mm -hmm. It's not um, about my sort of desires, what I like, because really I'm playing to an audience of one. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really, it's really about sort of connecting me with Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's really at the heart of worship. And so I think the thing is that, that sometimes it can get stale, as you said, uh, but I think that, that we need to bring some intentionality to what we're doing. And in some ways, there needs to be a worship formation 
that takes place with our congregations, with people that are coming, that they understand that this is not just, uh, we're not just singing songs because it's something to do, but, but it's a way in which we can engage ourselves, our, all that we are, body, soul, mind, and spirit, in the worship of God. And so I, I lift my voice, you know, the, the Psalms really was a hymnal in the Old Testament, and so it becomes, you know, uh, what I want to do is I want to have this interactive time with the Lord, and we'll get to more of that in a, in a second, because there's a whole paradigm that sort of, for me, illustrates what worship should be mm-hmm. uh, in any age, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're talking about this, it sounds to me like we need to actually teach people to worship. Is that what you're, what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think in the same way that, um, you know, I was taught how to read the scriptures. I was taught how to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, now nicely in uh, coming from a prayer book tradition, I was given a prayer book. Right. Which is, uh, you know, but, but to be honest, that was a lot of my prayer formation happens mm-hmm. through the Book of Common mm-hmm. Prayer and such. But in the same way that I had to learn these different disciplines, these different pieties, if you will, piety just simply is practice, mm-hmm. you know, um, I've, I've had to learn how to worship. You know, when I started out as a teenager leading worship in uh, my church, you know, for folk masses and the like, all I knew in those days was I did the fast songs first, and then we did slow songs at the end. <laughs> yes. And that was about the, the, the basis of my uh, worship theology Mm -hmm. in that regard but i realized that in that there was a time that what we were looking for was to to really usher in the very presence of god uh into the space into the environment into the whether it was a retreat center or whether it was a church or whether it was a youth group whatever it might be the issue is that we wanted to welcome people uh into this space and then welcome the lord because you know scripture tells us that god inhabits the praises of his people yes he doesn't he doesn't inhabit melodies he doesn't inhabit songs i think they're wonderful and there's some songs that i think they're very anointed and are with us for a season and maybe for life in that regard but what god inhabits is the praise of his people when people are lifting their voice uh, to God and singing of his greatness, singing of his glory, singing of who he is, mm-hmm. what he's done, yes, but also who he is, um, you know, that becomes sort of the, the foundational experience uh, that people can have as they enter God's presence. And then God can work in us and through us mm-hmm. in those moments. You know, you find it one of the, you know, kind of those profound uh, worship pictures in scripture there. You find them in several places um, throughout the book of Revelation. A lot of times I read the book of Revelation more as a uh, uh, about worship than it is about end times because we have these wow. throne room uh, engagements yeah, yeah. throughout the book of Revelation. Uh, but one of my favorite places in Scripture is in Isaiah chapter 6 where Isaiah has this experience of entering the throne room of God and, and you know the cherubim and the seraphim and they're singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord. And it's a declaration of who God is. Uh, that um, and once again we find that throughout the scriptures, and but that's really about our worship is this point of being able to enter into God's presence uh, through uh, through the worship, and that can be it doesn't have to be music, it can be just being still, being quiet, it can be you know recounting uh, who God is and what He has done for us, the salvation yeah. history, yeah. if you will. If you if you look at it from the another picture from the Old Testament, is they constantly are telling over and over again throughout the whole of the Old Testament, the story of the Exodus. Yes. Because it is God's saving act among his mm. people. And the so in the same way, yeah, yeah, and in the same way, we, we, we want to tell the same of the saving act of what Christ has done for us through his life, through his incarnation, his life, ministry, death, 
resurrection ascension, what Christ has accomplished for us in saving us and delivering us from bondage. Mm. Amen. God doesn't inhabit a particular melody or song, but the actual praise of his people. (laughs) Amen. And God is also not bound by a particular style or liturgy. I love the idea of teaching our people how to worship, especially how to prepare to enter God's presence, what our posture should be before him, and how it should impact us every time we go into the Holy of Holies. As we unpack this topic together, I'm reminded of a story told by theologian John Killinger when he once preached in a small Tennessee church where he truly felt the beautiful and overwhelming presence of God during worship. I hope you know, he commented to Layman there, what a rare and exhilarating kind of worship you enjoy in this church. They smiled knowingly at one another. Have you seen the cloisters? one asked pointing out the shed in the woods behind the preacher's house. That's what the preacher calls it, they said. It's where he goes to pray. And sometimes he takes some of us there, too. He goes up there every Saturday evening to pray for our services on Sunday. His wife says sometimes he stays there two or three hours. Killinger notes, The great mystery of the worship services suddenly evaporated. In next week's podcast, I'll continue my interview with Father John Davis, and he'll help us to understand a paradigm for leading worship that is truly epic. You won't want to miss it. Is the minister's friend a blessing to you? Would you please subscribe on whatever platform you listen and leave us a review? We really appreciate your help. And please also be sure to tell your friends and the pastors you know about us. We don't do any advertising at all, and so your recommendation to other people is the only way we can continue to grow our audience. I hope today's episode was helpful to you. Please check out the show notes for additional information and suggested resources. And as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the Minister's Friend Podcast. Let's do this again real soon. You've been listening to the Minister's Friend Podcast with pastor and author John Kimball. Be sure to check out today's show notes for additional tools, resources, and information. If today's episode has been helpful to you, let us know. You can shoot us an email at podcast at johnrkimble.com. That's podcast at johnrkimble.com. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page. These are also the best ways to suggest topics for future shows. We want to hear from you. And please tell your friends about us. Until next time, may God bless you and your ministry with great fruit for His kingdom. Bye!